Activate your personal shield and get your trait level to three. It's time for the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast. Welcome to the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast with our very special guest, Paul Kesslin, producer on Battlefront. In this episode, we're going over Scarif DLC and everything behind that. Let's get started. Let's do it. So, if people don't know, what do you do? Sure. Uh, as a producer, uh, it's it's my role to to set the vision for the team on on what we want to create, whether it be an expansion pack like Scarif. Uh, so the example there is is I'd say, hey guys, you know, we've talked to Lucasfilm, we've got all this great information on the type of things that are going to be happening uh, in Rogue One. These are the things that we should try to pull from. This is the experience we want people to kind of feel as they're as they're playing our our content. And then letting the team go wild on okay, what do we need to create to make that to bring that to life? Uh, and a lot of that is channeled through Dennis, who I believe has been on, on your show before. Yes. Um, so he he works with the team on coming up with the, the very particulars on on what's there. But it's 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 my job to kind of work with him on setting that vision and then uh, making sure things are on track and trying to to keep everything rolling along the way. That's awesome. So similar to a uh, movie producer. Yeah, exactly. So you're you're trying to get, you're setting the vision, and then you go that goes to Dennis, who starts going into the actual details of what that entitles. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I, I mean, an example is like, uh, you know, I'm not going to spoil anything from the movie, but when we talked to Lucasfilm, uh, well ahead of production on the on the Scarif DLC, we were talking about okay, what makes great? Uh, where are some battle places that that are happening in the movie that would that would suit our game and we walked through some locations and, and Scarif was one that kind of jumped out to us. And we talked about, okay, well, what's, what's happening there? What's, what's the battle set up in the movie? And then thinking about how could we take that and make our own kind of twist on it. So, you know, I'd say, okay, Dennis, you know, we see all these things. What do you think? We should probably do some of this. We should have some of these things. Um, we want the, the, the feeling of similar to the movies where you see a lot of we'll see some walkers, um, there's a whole bunch of new content. We need to make sure that we keep or that we bring all this new stuff to players so that it's there in the battlefield somewhere. So it's just really making sure that it's not it's not just a checklist. It's just what is the feeling for for what we want to get across. And then it's and you know Dennis is you know, has a big hand in kind of uh, tag teaming that with me and coming up with it. And then he'll run to the teams and say, okay, we've got like these this checklist of things we need to hit. How do we want to make them interact in the game world? So it's really, that's where they get brought to life, right, is, is through Dennis and the team. That's awesome. And I am so glad that you actually went with Scarif because I think that is one of the coolest planets in Star Wars. I mean, there are palm trees in Star Wars. <laughs> I know, it's, it's cool. And I, I love the water. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty. Um, I think that's the thing is it's, it's so unique to, to what you see in the rest of Star Wars. Star Wars in the past has always leaned very heavily on desert planets. Yeah. Uh, now, you know, to say that this also has some desert in it because they're they're kind of little deserty islands, but it's a, you know it's more of a tropical feel. It's, you know, like you said, it's got those palm trees, it's got all this bright water. It's a series of islands, not not so much just a, a solid landmass like you you're used to seeing. Yeah, and that uh, that is definitely interesting. Like uh, when you think about the Star Wars planets so far, it's been a jungle planet that's just been jungle. There've been a desert planet with just desert, a snow planet that's just snow, and now we've got mm-hmm. this. This um, 
new type of planet where it's got landmass, but it's also got a tons of water. Yeah, I, I think it's it's interesting and, and it's, it's something that's that's kind of fun for us to play around with is, is just knowing that, you know, on Earth we have all these great varied locations, but in Star Wars, each planet has one, literally has like one feature to it everywhere. <laughs> so it's, it's how do you make that unique, right? Yeah, and that, I think that's one of the cool things about Star Wars, like when it was first introduced... Everything else was like brand new, spick and span, everything, um, mostly in space. And then you've got Star Wars where it's got these interesting planets where it's got one type of habitat and Mm -hmm. everything's beat up and grimy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that's so so cool. And uh, have you um, heard of cinematic captures? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah, he, I he, talk with him a little bit here and there. Yeah, he did a an awesome cinematic tour of uh, Scarif DLC, and it was amazing. And he, the thumbnail is like a postcard, so it's like, come yeah. visit beautiful Scarif DLC. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, that was good. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, we're actually working with him on a uh, Battlefront cinematic. A yeah, he was. I think you were telling me about that uh, earlier uh, offline. Uh, yeah, that sounds. I'm really interested to see that. Why did you guys choose uh, to do to do a Rogue One DLC? I think uh, you know the the, the kind of obvious answer jumps out is that it's you know as part of our season pass we we told players that we were going to give them four expansion packs over the course of the year and the the you know last part of that year happens to come very close to Rogue One the movie uh, we knew that from working with Lucasfilm and that was something that we kind of ha- had an inkling of a little bit earlier on and that for us it made complete sense just okay if there's a movie coming out there's a lot of new content um that way we can give players something new something fresh um and still tie it into kind of the the episode four five and six time frame which is something that we've uh we know we've gone out and said that that's kind of where this game is set in i really like how you're doing that and i've been calling rogue one the battlefront movie (laughs) (laughs) because Every time I think about that, have you read the book uh, Battlefront Twilight Company? Not yet. I, I, I've uh, I was an avid reader of all the books when I was younger, uh, but when they they declared that the expanded universe was no more, I uh, said, "Well, got to get rid of all that stuff. It doesn't count anymore. Try to purge all that information from my brain." <laughs> and I just haven't gotten a chance to to grab all the new stuff yet and and start digging through it. I've read like 400 books about Star Wars, and I need to forget everything. <laughs> yeah, it's it's rough. Like, and I'm sitting there looking at this huge, huge pile of hundreds and hundreds of books in my closet, just going, "Well, I guess you don't matter anymore." And what do I do with those now? I, oh man, they're basically like fan fiction now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was it was a rough it was a rough day. I remember just sitting there just for like five minutes or so, just staring at it, going, well, "I don't. What do I do now?" Like, so much of my childhood is just, "What, what do I do?" <laughs> yeah i've i've read the um i've read most of them i haven't read aftermath or the one after that and i haven't mm-hmm. read uh, rogue one catalyst oh, okay but um, yeah no those are all on my to-do list well in uh, battlefront twilight company it's um very similar to rogue one and that it focuses on the troopers and battlefront itself focuses mm-hmm. a ton on the troopers so i really like that nice yeah look, i can see the direct tie there yeah it's it's you know the movies typically, except for for Rogue One, really, the movies typically center around the you know the Skywalkers and the Solos and uh, kind of these larger than life figures. And then the game is really where you get to to fight it out. And remember, you're you're in a period of galactic civil war. Like it's there's a lot of troops on the ground doing their thing, and they're not all they're not all heroes, you know. Yeah, 
And that's uh, kind of the the direction we're taking for Warring Galaxy, the series that we're going to do. Oh, cool. Um, so going into that a little bit, what's your favorite Star Wars movie? Oh, I think uh, I'm I'm a huge fan of The Empire. Uh, so it's over time, it's definitely become uh, Episode Five because it's kind of where I see Vader at his at his height, being the most Vadery. Uh, <laughs> but when I was growing up, it was definitely Return of the Jedi, simply because of the aerial combat scenes. Uh, yeah. I mean, I loved the the space fights that they had in there. It was uh, that stuff still just gets me going. <laughs> and the Ewoks. I that I kind of I mean that was you know it is what it is I'm not I'm yeah. not a hater I just uh, it, it that part didn't excite me but I didn't hate it either yeah I really liked the it Ewoks was, as a as a kid <laughs> yeah it was, it was it was like filling just while I was waiting to get back to my uh, space battle yeah it's like all this cool stuff's happening up there and we're focusing on the Ewoks <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah my my favorite's uh, New Hope I oh, okay I think it just sets the scene uh, sets. The the whole scope of star wars very well and mm. and is it still it was is that the first one you ever saw and it just kind of like this kicks off the series and it uh it's what tied me to the universe yeah it's like it's that okay. too okay and uh and then it's probably the empire strikes back and then the force awakens Those mm. are my top three okay I really like i really like the force awakens what, what did you think of the force awakens i really liked it i really liked it i was uh i think that uh you know they they did some really good stuff. You can see a lot of ties back to to new to a new hope. So it gave you kind of that that old feeling. It really pulls pulls at your heartstrings a bit when you're like, well, man, this this feels familiar. I know what's going on. Oh, this feels good. Um, <laughs> it was it was it was great to to get into that and and to see it you know taken to you know a new a new time frame and yeah. kind of having grown up with those characters to see what what they've grown up like. Yeah, that's really cool. I just wish we had more of Luke Skywalker. <laughs> yeah i know i know I that like, end is he, scene is just, he gonna say anything <laughs> yeah just giant cliffhanger and he's on a cliff so i mean it's just it was crazy <laughs> <laughs> literally a cliffhanger yep and that that final scene is cinema uh, cinematically very well done it is it super so hard to do that so that shot around the island to get it actually mm-hmm. get the characters in focus yeah i don't know how yeah. they did that <laughs> What is it like, you touched this before we started, but what is it like to be working on Star Wars? It's, it's amazing. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, uh, there's a few, there's a, I need to unpack that. There's a whole bunch of things in there. Uh, I mean, one, it's a childhood dream. Going back to a kid, it was just, this has been so much of what I've, I've loved uh, growing up and it, it shaped a lot of kind of what I, what I do and how I approach uh, entertainment nowadays. And I love sci-fi, and all that came out of Star Wars. Um, I mean, it's an it's an honor to work on this stuff because you know we we get to kind of craft some of these things alongside Lucasfilm. We're making some of this stuff up uh, with them as we as we go along. Um, but it's also, uh, I mean, that's also scary, right? Because it's you know we're 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 putting something out there that's that's brand new at times. Um, yeah. But it's also uh, going back to kind of what we said we spoke about a bit before we we hopped on the podcast was. It can be it can be a little bit of like you know now I know how the my my burger is made you know a bit of what goes into it and it it uh, it definitely alters your perception of 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 what Star Wars is especially as a fan uh, because you have to work in it and it, it just changes how you view things and it's uh, I think that's been that's been challenging is to try to keep the kind of the childhood sense of wonder that I have with the with the franchise. 
but also knowing that I'm working on it and I'm seeing decisions made or um, I'm making decisions or the, the team is coming up with ideas and how that evolves given the, the things you can and can't do and how you need to approach them given that it is Star Wars. I mean, there's a lot of, lot of uh, le- or sorry, there's a lot of legacy that comes, comes in yeah. with that. It means so much to so many people. Uh, it's, it's really challenging. Um, but I, I can say that, uh, you know, watching our early preview of Rogue One the other day, I, I found myself very much like a little kid again at, at a few times, whereas I, I, I forgot that I worked on these things and it was just pure, that pure Star Wars joy of a fan. And you don't always get that when you're working on it because you're like your head's down and it's 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 fun, but it's still work, right? You gotta yeah the way you make decisions, the way you think about things is is, is slightly different than a fan uh, all the time. Yeah, on a, a different scale, uh, that's what it, that's what I feel like when we when I edit my podcast. It's um like sometimes I'll record it and then I'll see like did we actually do good in that episode? And then I'll go into <laughs> editing, and then after I go through all of this, um, probably like three hours of editing. I end up and I listen to it one last time and I'm like, mm-hmm. it, it turned out pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I am a huge fan of podcasts. I, I, I only listen to uh, a few. Um, it's, it's something that uh, I typically, I try to listen to some on the way to and from work. If, uh, if I have the, if I have the time and I'm not on a call or something else, but uh, it's usually, you know, the spare minutes when I'm when I'm able to to grab them as I'm going from one place to the other. I don't typically have time at home to sit down and just listen to them, but uh, yeah. I do enjoy them. They're they're great for what they are. The way you listen to them is one of the best ways to listen to podcasts because most of the time when you're driving, you're not doing anything except for driving, so you can yeah uh, preoccupy your mind with uh, content that you really like. Yeah, um, and it's you so know. Awesome. It, you get your news on uh, things that you care about, you know, or someone's yeah. take on, on the news. Like it's, it's I, I almost, I kind of rely on it for somebody else to, to dig up some stuff that I want to know about. And then I'm like, okay, now I get a whole bunch of that stuff for like an hour or so. It's great. This episode of the star Wars battlefront podcast is brought to you by our patrons on Patreon who allow us to upgrade to new hardware and keep up the hosting for the show. If you have some extra money and would like to help out, Go to patreon.com slash battlefrontpodcast. Another way you can support us if you don't like Patreon is to head over to paypal.me slash tie-dye-sheep. T-Y-E-D-Y-E-S-H-E-E-P. Another great way to support our show is to head over to our podcast on iTunes and leave us a review. You can leave us just star reviews or a written review. Either way is good, and it helps out our show. Thank you so much for listening to Star Wars Battlefront Podcast. Let's continue with the show. I saw a um, an article saying that... Rogue One actually used assets from Battlefront. Um, I don't. I don't know if they used assets from us um, that I can recall, but I know that they were influenced by some of what we did in the game. Uh, what uh, we were talking with with our contact over at Lucasfilm, and he said that the the guys in, in Rogue One were you know they've they've played your game a bunch. They like some of the stuff they did, and I think the the example that they gave us uh, is the electro the electric crackle around the uh ATAT that we put in our game to kind of signify you know when it's in its weakened state when in walker assault uh, oh, and they said awesome. that they saw that they really liked it and they wanted to to use that element somehow in the movie and I, I i remember taking that a bit weird and i was like well that's cool that they want to do that and then i'm sitting there at the same time like two minutes later after you know, kind of like that that cool moment wore off and my brain kicked in i was like wait but didn't we take that from the movies when 
in, in Empire Strikes Back when they fire the iron cannon and it hits the Star Destroyer in space and there's a there's some localized elect, electric uh, electricity crackles around the Star Destroyer. I'm like, that's where we took it from. How are they influenced by us? We just stole it from them. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Going to that a little bit, I love the design of the U-wing. I think that is as a as in the gunship mode or when it's um kind of the, uh, the both. Not like a. I think. Oh, okay. Cool. They are. I love that. I mean, I like how you have that. The differences between each mode, like phase one, you are flying the U-wing, and in phase two, phase two, you are the gunman that's going crazy in the trailers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and that, that speaks to the, the the way the ship is is, and this this goes back to how we we work with Lucasfilm, because uh, you know they gave us a rundown of how the, what the ship is and how it behaves, and then it's really, you know, Dennis and I are having conversations with, uh, and even our vehicle designers are, are having conversations with Lucasfilm, going, okay, so what is what is the the movie's vision for how this thing works? Uh, what is its role on the battlefield? Um, what does it do in the movie? And at times, there's there's things like, well, you know, they haven't gotten that far yet. Uh, all they have is the model. They're figuring out exactly what to do. Uh, so it's at some times we're like, okay, well, you know, we can we can wait for a bit more information. Other times we're like, okay, well, we we think given the the information that you've given us, it would behave this way. And then we kind of start building down that path in hopes that nothing changes because you know, again, the movie's still in development as well. Um, yeah. So it was it was really cool to 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 work in partnership with them and then say and then tell us like. Imagine it's kind of uh, similar to a support helicopter in in Vietnam. I think it was a it was a Huey, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, you know, it's got a, a gunner that hangs out the door, and he kind of provides you know covering fire for the the troops on the ground. Uh, but it's also just a it's a it's a transport. It's not it's not really a fighter. So you know, in that first phase, we're like, okay, well, if it's not if its role isn't to be a dog fighter, it wouldn't do that. Uh, it's a bit bigger than most ships, so how can we still let people play it? And this was uh, some of the, and this is this is kind of going back into this is where the team gets creative and they start doing their thing. When we say, you know, it's I'm sitting there going to the team like, you know, they have this new ship, it's the U-wing, um, it's roughly fulfills this role in the Star Wars universe. How do we want to make that interesting in in gameplay? And then they go ahead and just come up with the cool ideas. So, you know, from from my end, going back to what my role is, I basically say, here's a ship, it does X, Y, and Z. And then they're like, okay, I'll make that into a, a gameplay thing in an interesting way, knowing those those few things. That's awesome. Yeah. And I, I love when um, developers go into the details of what they do. I think that I love that. One of my favorite series on YouTube is um, Did You Know Gaming? Mm-hmm. That that is one of my favorites, and it's. Um, I don't, I don't think I've seen that. I'll have to look at it. It goes through all kinds of stuff, like some of the developer interviews from like twenty years ago to oh wow uh, stuff that they've tracked down the developers and talked in retrospect of what mm. they did, and it's just really interesting. Uh, and it's narrated by different YouTubers, which is fun. Throughout the DLCs, your team has drawn inspiration from TV, the Star Wars TV shows and the movies and other games. Did you draw inspiration from things other than Rogue One? Uh, I mean, for some of the other DLCs, yeah, or even just the way we thought about things, we'd, we'd pull inspiration from, uh, from other media. I mean, comics, TV shows, past games, everything. Like we, We'd scour kind of everything. 
because uh, some of our guys, again, huge fans, and they played they played a whole bunch of games growing up. They they watched a lot of shows. We you know some of us. I think I've said this a few times to other people. So uh, you know some of us will sit there and, and watch Rebels every week together um, just to oh, to stay awesome. current with what's happening. Yeah, it's 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 like I said, we're all just we're a lot of us are just fans. So the the designers themselves will sit there and, and look at these things and go, okay, well. We want we want this this thing to feel new and different, uh, not just another standard gun or another standard uh, grenade, for example. And they'll come up with interesting ways based off of okay, well, what if past games done? Or I've seen them do this in a TV show, or it's something's behaved in a weird way and it's described uh, very interestingly in a comic book. How can I translate that into an interesting gameplay mechanic? So it might not always be you know directly pulled from that, like a one to one. They might just get some inspiration from that. Big like, okay, well, what they just described isn't fun to play, but I can take that and tweak it a little bit, and it will be an interesting mechanic. Yeah. So it's a lot of a lot of stuff like that. that the guys like it's, that's that's the detail that's that's really interesting that, that those guys are super creative on um, with how to take stuff that's that is Star Wars and then tailor it a little bit so that it's it's interesting to play and interact with rather than just uh, you know another blaster that shoots. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Christian Johansson has done a crazy good job on the weapons. I mean, we, yeah. whenever we watch Star Wars, we're like, oh, my, look, he's using the Stinger pistol. There's A218, <laughs> A2-80C. Oh, there's the DH-17. Like, I know every single blaster weapon because of Battlefront. Exactly, right? Like, And that's that's what he does is he, he picks up the stuff uh, and he goes, okay, well, you know, we need a new weapon. Um but we don't want it to be the same as every other weapon. Here's a here's a gun that I just saw, or here's a gun that I read about, and then talk to Lucasfilm about what interesting properties does it have that we maybe not see in the movie, or what is its what is its fictional background in that universe? Like, you know, who's the manufacturer? Um, what are they known for? Like, just weird levels of detail um, that they get into to try to to try to make something interesting out of it. Yeah, and I I love going onto the Wikipedia and seeing like how much this weapon would cost in galactic credit credits. <laughs> I just find that so cool. So it makes it more realistic. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, 3000 credits for this little pistol. Like, what? 3000 credits. <laughs> Who has that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's so awesome. So what were you most excited to see people play in Scarif? I honestly, I think it was, um, was Krennic. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Empire, so I want to over time, I want to kind of see how people start using him, especially in Heroes versus Villains. Um, I think yeah, he could he be is, quite he's interesting. He's extremely powerful. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, it's he's, he's very uh, support-heavy, um, similar to, to, to Leia to some degree. Um, yeah. Maybe more so. And I think that you know, typically when you see when you think of a, a shooter, you don't think of somebody kind of playing a support role. I mean, you could you could say that you know Overwatch has has done that a bit with uh, their characters, and I think they they're a bit more class delineated than than we are. Yeah. But I think that typically people are just like, well, I just want to go shoot things and kill things and do all this. But it's like, well, if you look at the powers and you think about how best to use them, like there's there's a adds a new layer of strategy, and I think that uh, I. It's somebody that likes to play support style characters in, in other games like i think that that stuff really appeals to me yeah i really like playing with support i'm uh, the back to bomb is one of my favorite star cards to use because there you it go, helps yeah. you and your team and exactly then, then um 
the medical droid to a lesser extent. Yeah, I like yeah. I like how you can put the medical droid at a uh, an objective, and then whenever someone tries to claim it, uh, they get uh, health. I really like that <laughs> kind of playstyle. Yeah, no, it's and it's it's something that like you know, unfortunately, I'd say your average player just it goes unnoticed for them. They don't understand. You know, they're not really paying attention. They're just concerned with their KD ratio. But uh, <laughs> you know, for those of us that like to sit there and support them, hopefully, you know, when when somebody else appreciates it, that makes you feel really good. Princess Leia is one of my favorite heroes to play, and I one of the reasons is because she's supportive and she's powerful. I mean, Princess Leia yeah. is the boss killer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, and, you know, that's again, this is where, like I said, I'm excited about Krennic. He's he's got that ability on his DT29 to uh, called the Armor Breaker, where he can decrease somebody's uh, armor for for a bit, and you know that's a good that's good to use against another hero, and then everybody can focus fire on that hero. Yeah, and going into that, what brought you guys to bring in the armor system? Uh, so that was that was kind of Guillaume's brainchild, or he was the the brainchild of of, of that that aspect. Um, you know, speaking to kind of wanting to keep the game updated and and try something. Try something new, but also bring something to the game that um, adds a, another layer of strategy. Uh, yeah. I think that's where the armor system came into play, and it's also because you know we don't want to. If we keep reusing mechanics in just different ways, things get a bit boring. You're like, okay, well, this character is very similar to this thing, just slightly different. Um, but if yeah. you know, we we kind of bring in a new system, and only some characters have access to to that system. You know, it creates a different level of strategy because then you have to think about, okay, well. You know, Vader now has an armor boost when when he goes into melee combat, and he's already kind of tanky. This really helps him be even more tanky. Well, how do yeah. I want to counter that? And it's it's just you know, it, it changes things up a bit. And props to Guillaume; he is amazing. Like making the uh, the vanilla hero traits on his free time. <laughs> yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. yeah. So that I mean, he he put in a he put a lot of time and effort into that. Uh, I know there are definitely times when when he stayed late and tried to to get things in. I'm like, look, man, we're doing a lot. You know, take it easy. Don't go. Don't don't kill yourself too much. He's like, no, no, no I'll I'll keep it sane. But uh, you know, he really went the extra mile. Um, is he is he French? He is. Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. Because I've seen a bunch of uh, tweets with him um, speaking in French. I was like, man, yeah. I need to learn French. There might be <laughs> something in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll Google Translate, right? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I've done that before and it ended up pretty weird. <laughs> okay, got it. <laughs> yeah. What was your favorite thing to bring into Battlefront? As a whole? Uh, or, yes. or the Scarif? Okay. Ooh, as a um, whole. Hmm. As a whole. Interesting. Uh, I'd still probably have to say it'd be it'd be the stuff from Scarif. It's it's what I'm I'm most proud of, I, I'd say, just because it was a, ch- a real challenge for the team to rally around something that was still in development from a movie side and and start building things while we didn't know all the information we didn't have all the stuff that we needed and it was uh it was a i I felt like it was it was great for us to kind of come together and rally as a team going you know we we need to to figure this stuff out kind of as we're doing it rather than pulling from a known a known quantity like oh we know we know what the death star is we know who these heroes are we know what this feels like um same with with outer rim or or bespin those are all things that we've seen in movies before they've been there for for a long time everyone knows what they are we can kind of instinctually do that but for rogue one we didn't have that luxury it was really just going oh man what tidbits of information do we have how to you know what's the best way to bring this out how do we make it feel star wars um 
and then you know sometimes getting information uh later on or having information change because you know movies are just like games you know when you try things out when you uh sit down and, and you know i'm sure for them they sit down and watch something that they consider final they might go you know what this didn't really work the way we want it to we might need to redo something here or maybe we need to tweak it i mean we do we do the same thing with games so when they're tweaking things at the same time that we're trying to react to their tweaks but tweak things are for ourselves uh, it's kind of, you know, it's a, it's a cascading thing where you're just like, oh boy, we're going to be up against the wire on some of this stuff. But it's, uh, it's, it was a fun challenge. And, you know, like I said, the, the team really pulled together and, and kicked out a lot of great stuff. That's awesome. And speaking of Rogue One, I just want to ask one question. Sure. Does it feel like Star Wars? It does. Okay. It does. Awesome. It's, I, I was really it's... worried about that. <laughs> no, I mean, the, it's, it doesn't. It feels Star Wars, but it doesn't feel like the old uh, the the episode of uh, one through seven. It, it has it, it still feels like you're in the Star Wars universe. You still get those elements of Star Wars in this, but it, it has a, a different feel in, in some aspects. Um, but you're not going to sit there and be like, I don't know what I'm watching. This is totally odd. Um, it's it's not going to be like that. Okay, that's good to hear. I was really worried about that, and there was like all of this. Oh my gosh, Star Wars is ruined before, and I was like, <laughs> I don't, I don't think that will no. happen. I mean, every single comic and book and TV show goes along in canon, and that yeah. is incredible. Yeah, um, that was like one of the few I mean, franchises that has has done that. Yeah, I, 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 again, credit to the team that's over there. Uh, I don't get to, I don't get to interact with the the story group. Uh, I have to kind of talk to my my counterpart on Lucasfilm, and he then goes and talks to the story team. But it's really interesting when we ask them questions on something, and they're like, "Oh, let me go ask the story team. They need to dig through, you know, seven diff- seven different layers or so of uh, different different media and different types of uh, information regarding this one thing. Because oh, was it referenced in this book? Was it referenced in this comic? Oh, what about in a movie?" And then somebody, you know, has all that information and ties all that stuff together. And, and, you know, they have the true vision for whatever that thing is. Uh, so it's, yeah, there's a lot there, man. I imagine the, uh, the story team as old Jedi going into the library and pulling books (laughs) down. (laughs) Grabbing the rare holocron now and then. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) One of my favorite, um, one of my favorite of the non-canon books is the Galaxy of Fear books. Have you ever read those? Yes. Oh, I'm trying to remember the name's familiar. I'm trying to remember. Like my getting old, uh, my memory isn't uh, what it used to be with all those books. I used to have so much of that stuff just stored. I don't remember it now though. But I love that series. And it's got a um a whole book about a library with actual books and they're blown away by it. It's like, oh wow. It's called Ghost of the Jedi. Okay. And it's uh, okay. by John Whitman. Whitman. Maybe I it's didn't a- read that one. Oh, man, I don't remember. <laughs> For those who don't know, Galaxy of Fear was a series of young adult books by John Whitman that went mm. that tied into the teen horror genre. Got it. That's why. I Those were on my back burner. The, I always had a pile of the, the young adult books to read because I was like, whenever I, you know, whenever I got through all the, the normal books, I was like, there's still good information in these young adult books. But I didn't read <laughs> yeah, it. Oh, man. And uh, there's the one, um, The City of the Dead, I think, or something similar to that mm-hmm. and it's got boba fett in it and they're going through this galactic cemetery where 
a scientist oh. is reanimating the corpses of these aliens and the, <laughs> the creatures that have lived on that planet. And Boba Fett has to go in there, try and stop the guy that's doing all this. And then he runs into the kids and it's really cool interaction. Oh man, that's crazy. So I love some of those stories. They're just so out there. Like it's just, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of opportunities to just tell stories that, uh, yeah, man. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. This episode of the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast is brought to you by our patrons on Patreon. You can support the show by going to patreon.com slash battlefrontpodcast. Or if you don't have the money and would like to support the show, you can go to iTunes and leave a review. If you don't know what to say, just leave your favorite Star Wars character. Our new intro music was made by Daniel Barham or at Gafunko on Twitter. G-A-F-U-N-K-O. If you want to be a guest on the show, you can contact us at battlefrontpodcast at gmail.com and in the subject line, put podcast guest. We do the guest episodes through Skype, so make sure you have a Skype account. You can leave feedback on our email. That again is battlefrontpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us at SWB Podcast for all things Battlefront, and you can also follow us at YT for Warring Galaxy News. If there's new Battlefront news, we will cover it first on our Twitter. May the Force be with you, always. as a fan you'll enjoy okay awesome (laughs) yeah i've been uh trying to stay away from twitter as much as possible (laughs) yeah i bet yeah because i follow a ton of star wars pages oh okay yeah so from from what i've seen everyone's been positive about it and they don't want to spoil it so that's good yeah yeah star wars community is so awesome (laughs) (laughs) so um how have you been? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, enjoying some vacation uh, after shipping Scarif right as we go into the kind of end of the year holidays for the company. So I just took some extra, some extra time off. Nice. Yeah, we've been, uh, one of our uh, childhood friends just came up and we're going to see Rogue One with him and we've been having a blast. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's always good when you can kind of get, uh, you get some old friends back together and go do stuff that you used to do when you were kids. So yeah. that, that's definitely a good time. It's so fun. <laughs> yeah. I, I def- that's one thing I miss about not living in the States anymore. There's uh, a bunch of my old friends that I used to go do this stuff with. I just I don't see anymore. Yeah. How is uh, Sweden? I love it here, man. It is, it is great. Um, the weather here is very much on par with where I grew up in, in uh, upstate New York. So oh. there was not much of an adjustment there. The biggest adjustment is really the day-night cycle. Um, oh yeah in the in the summer and in the winter um but other than that like it's just it's really it's a more relaxed atmosphere than the the major cities i lived in in the u.s um it's it's nice cool yeah Yeah. we live in uh colorado we're right below colorado Springs, so we get okay we get the rural life and the city life Uh uh-huh it's i love it we just um Yesterday we we're by a creek, and um, 
it froze it froze over so we got to play some ho- hockey oh man it was it's that big it, it was um it's pretty big okay because like when you say creek like i had one behind my house and it was maybe like you know three feet across and just really like long it wasn't wide it was there's not much there yeah a bunch of the spots are skinny but every now and then it's a beaver there's a beaver dam up there uh, okay. so it uh brick up the area <laughs> got it got it all right yeah we've been having tons of fun <laughs>